This episode of Beauty and the Gee brought to you by thefighthub.com. You should get on thefighthub.com and go to the brand section in shopping because Role Model has their own section. So that's obviously R-O-L-L for Role Model, but we have geese, brash guards, face masks, t-shirts, tank tops, patches, and coming soon, we're going to have gear bags. Welcome to Beauty and the Gee, the podcast about jujitsu and life on and off the mat. I'm Jen Eads, a white belt full of curiosity and questions about all the things jujitsu. And I'm AJ Klingerman, a Brazilian jujitsu purple belt obsessed with jujitsu. And we have a very special guest for this episode. I'm so excited. Introduce our <laughs> guest, AJ. Jess Sunier. Welcome, Jess. Hi, thanks for having me on. So obviously they know your name because I introduced you and because it's the show title. Um, but could you tell us a little bit about yourself? I've been doing jujitsu for eight years. I started at the age of 27. I was a collegiate athlete. Um, didn't really have anything to do after college. I didn't know where to kind of stream my competitive side. So I found jujitsu when a friend dragged me onto the mats and he said, I swear you're going to lo love this. And I did. <laughs> um, I love to hug. So it just made sense that these two <laughs> things just kind of uh, uh, joined forces. So eight years, I'm a four-stripe purple, plan on staying purple for a while. Um, I was supposed to test, but things happened, obviously, in the world, and I have not been back to my uh, main headquarter gym since March, So, but it'll come. It's coming. It's not, I'm not in a hurry. And I do compete competitively in jujitsu, but right now my focus has switched to powerlifting. So I have a meet in about eight weeks and I'm in prep for that. And right now I'm enjoying the art side of jujitsu and the competitive side of what I really love is all things strength. So yeah, in a nutshell. Oh, I own Fit Power LLC in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I guess that's a thing. We that's uh, important to <laughs> know. Yeah. yeah. We um we just hit year nine in September. So our 10 year anniversary will, ne will be next year. So I'm hoping that things will open up so that we can throw a big bash. Congratulations. That's going to be great. It will be. Yeah. So that's awesome. And what all kinds of uh, programs do you have at FitPower? Uh, well, we started out as primarily a barbell gym, and we still are primarily a barbell gym. So our programs revolve around strength, any age, any any different ability level you may be at. Um, and we, general strength is our main programs. Like I teach how to do the squat, the deadlift, the press, and the bench, and then everything that revolves around that. We teach you how to move um, in a fun and a safe way. And then we added the martial arts side of things in 2019. So our jujitsu and our judo programs have been going for kids and adults since uh, Jan yeah, January of 2019. And my coaches who had that side are, we have Coach Kelly. She is our uh, judo head coach. Coach Christine is our head jiu-jitsu coach. And many of you all know Christine. She came from Indiana Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Academy. And Coach Brad heads our kids jiu-jitsu program on that side, as well as our free community class for our LGBTQIA group. So we have that going nice. as well. So one of the things that I read is that you, one of your goals is to change gym culture through creating affirming spaces. 
Tell us more about that and and how you actually do that. So I think as a disclaimer, I should put out there that when it comes to these spaces, um, I, I speak from the LGBT side of things. I am part of the LGBT community. So, but creating an affirming space means people who have never thought that they could have a safe space to train in and be 100% who they are. Now they have this space, they have this culture that there's, there's so many directions I can go with it, but it's, <laughs> they have a space to be themselves, which I do believe is hard in a, in a typical fitness or gym se- setting that's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you can call it, you know, you can call it broke culture. You can, you know, you can call it whatever you want, a uh, hashtag, uh, fifth fitspo. You know, it's, it's anything that we think of in a typical fitness space, which is usually what does health look like? It usually looks white, middle-class, this perfect, beautiful set of white, shining, smiling teeth. And which Jen, you actually do have, and AJ, like I, <laughs> I <have great> <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, that's usually what our brain goes to when we think of a gym space like that. So it's saying like, yes, it's, it's these people, but it's also, it, it's everyone. And I, right. it's so part of my culture now that I forget what it's like to enter into a gym where things are not this way. Because mm-hmm. like when we step onto the mats, like th- this, this was my aha moment. It happened two weeks ago, maybe three. We had a new member who... Uh, he just signed up today, actually, which I'm pumped. But he was doing his trial, and everyone walked out into the mats. And the very first thing that people said, "Hi, my name is so and so, and my pronouns are this." And oh, nice. that's immediately what people do. And I just sat there and I was like, "We are here. We made it. Like this <laughs> is what normal is for this space," which opens up the doors for so many other things, which I could go on and on about. And I hope you edit some of this out because I will rant. I, I, like, I won't rant, but like, I'll go on and on about it. But Ramble, yeah. It's, it's, it's like there's, there is a space for like our, our free LGBT class that Coach Brad made. It's for LGBT people only, not allies. Because allies, our space is out there all the time. No, you can mm-hmm. choose to be an ally and still live comfortably in our society. So this space is specifically for people um, in LGBT groups, which is awesome. But our base culture at the gym is such that we would do very well. Like uh, we, we're going to keep that group. That group is amazing. We need it. Uh, but that's kind of our baseline now. So all these little subgroups that I see a lot of like that I see a lot of gyms make for these specific people. That's just us as a whole. So Mm -hmm. now we have, we have a different, not issue, but we have, we have different scenarios that can be created in the space, but they're all, they're all good. I don't know how else to explain it. 
It's That's, it's such a. I cool, think you did. It's yeah. a cool feeling. It's a cool space. I'm so proud of what they have done and what the me- members have done. It's it's awesome. Yeah, I think that you know, you do such an amazing job there. How do you feel like you can help others um, to to cultivate that same type of culture? I think what I specifically can do, like me as Jess, is right. Um, I can amplify the voices in these minority communities to make their voices also the norm. Like, hey, we're here and this is normal for us to be here as well. And then I can help other people who look like me and come from the same background as me also say, hey, this is possible and it's doable. And let me help you have these conversations with other groups in your area so that this also becomes a norm. And it's not easy. Like these... There, these talks are hard and there, there were a lot of hard talks at first and a lot of feeling of like, can this even happen? But then it just naturally came to be because there are more people out there that want this and believe in this than, than we are shown. Like there are loud voices out there that just need a, a pl- platform. And I hope to be a platform for that. I have the ability ability to offer that to others. So that's, I think that's what I want my gym to be is a platform for people to discover strength, to discover a martial art and to discover their voice and to say, Oh, it's okay that, that I can be who I am and I can speak on it as well without, I feel like there's sometimes just a lot of anger and a lot of yelling that occurs instead of just having a good, a good talk about it. Yeah. Good talks. I feel a road trip coming on to Milwaukee. <laughs> well, originally, oh, love um, it. yeah, <laughs> we had actually planned a trip um, to go up my birthday weekend for her Everybody Pulls event. Ah. But then that has been canceled or postponed for this time. But I would it like for you postponed. to tell them about your Everybody Pulls event. So Everybody Pulls came about, there was in USAPL, there was a ban on trans athletes being able to compete on their platform. And I'm not going to get into like into the deep stuff of it all. My personal opinion on it is our culture and our society is changing so fast that these sports regulations and everything that exists right now that has been set in stone hasn't had a chance to catch up. And we just need more people in the seats to evolve what are you know what the, what the rules of the sports are um, as we know them today, but because there wasn't, but because that existed, um, everybody polls came about to directly help my community. So Milwaukee, I always have to think small. It's I think you can get overwhelmed if you think too big. So I just say, okay, what can I do in Milwaukee itself? And everybody polls removed all the parameters of a traditional deadlifting uh, meet. So we took away gender, we took away weight, and we took away age. So basically, you were just going out there as you present yourself to the world. It didn't matter how much you weighed. It didn't matter any of these things. What mattered is you went out there and you got to showcase your strength. We did stick with some rules, like you had to perform a dead deadlift correctly as you would in an actual meet. So, you know, you can't, you can't ramp it or anything like that up your legs. And, and we had judges on all three sides, 
one in front and two on the side to make sure that people locked out and that the lifts were good. But so because there was no grand prize, the way that you won was by you could get people to donate per pound of the total weight that you lifted, which made it even across the board. Because you could go out and get no pledges whatsoever and you just want to go lift. So you raised zero dollars. Or we have our eight-year-old who raised, you know, almost 500 bucks because who doesn't want to donate 10 cents per pound to an eight-year-old, you know? Right. Uh, <laughs> so, so we, yeah, our, our group was as young as eight and our oldest, I think, late. 40s maybe, but it gained so much traction and we raised about, we raised over $7,000 on that day. I know. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Um, and when, when you took out expenses, it came out to just over six grand. And we That's were great. able to give all of that to Courage House Milwaukee, which is a, um, which is a home for displaced LGBT youth. So they provide schooling and um, a, bed, a bedroom and food and all these things for, for kids who, who have been, who have left or have been kicked out of their own homes or find themselves ho- homeless for whatever reason. We decided to move it to later in the year for 2021. It didn't feel right to ask businesses to be sponsors or to donate or any of that. So we wanted to give people a chance to get things moving again. And then they could feel, I didn't want people to feel worse than they already were this year right. with how yeah. businesses were trying to just stay open. So it's like, Hey, yeah. we did a great thing. We're going to move it so that you, if you want to, you still have a ch- chance to do it. And we already have almost, we have 10 plus people ready to sign up for next year. And it's going to be held right before I think uh, role model grappling camp. Nice. Uh, cool. For next nice. Year. Very cool. Be a busy June. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome though. That sounds like a lot of fun. That's great. You did a workshop at the role model camp since we talked about that a little bit. Um, and you kind mm-hmm. of talked about like programming for your, your strength works at workouts with jujitsu. Can you talk a little bit about that now? Like what your kind of overall theory is on that? So as a disclaimer for anything that I talk about with strength, it's Everything is already out there. It's in a book. It's been written down multiple times by many different coaches. Um, then the same thing can be said about jujitsu. Most of what we know about jujitsu is already out there. It's already known. Um, it's finding that right coach to that you learn the best from. So with that said, when it comes to the strength programs, we talked about uh, the five pillars of strength performance. And the biggest one is being specificity, which is understanding what your sport is. Um, so in this case, it was jujitsu. And from there, we can kind of dissect and work backwards. So the biggest thing that I find that people get confused about with jujitsu is what exercise do I do? And instead, you should be thinking more along the lines of, well, what are my planes of movement in jujitsu? And that's kind of, that's what I focused on a lot. So at the, at the talk, it was specificity. So we broke down exactly what you need to be good in jujitsu, like how much space do I have? You know, you have your mat space. Well, you know, what movements 
am I in or where is my body positioned? And we said everywhere, you know, upside down, you know, everything. Like in jujitsu, you are everywhere. And then we talked about exercise selection and variation after we discovered what the movements were. And from there, we discussed organizing your week. Now, there are two other things, you know, there's speed and power development, and there's also um, training your energy systems. But those we got a little bit more in depth with in the Zoom talk, which was two hours long, and it was great. And nice. But yeah, we just, we talked about what people needed to hear the most, which was, what is jujitsu? What do I need for it? How do I select the right exercises for it? And then how do I organize it into my week? Because we have to remember that the most important thing is your time on the mat. If you are a jujitsu athlete, it's not how much time am I spending under the bar? That's just to make your mat time look real good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was funny because like while you're talking, um, I felt like, you know, you were just directly calling me out. Uh, <laughs> specifically about like Again? making sure that I took rest days and you're like, yes. you know, if you're over, over 40, I was like, dang girl. Just... <laughs> All the things. Right. Um, but I mean, you know, like uh, one thing I was very surprised by just that I, I wouldn't have known was like my heavy lifting days going along with my heavy rolling days. Yes. I thought that was, I thought that was very interesting. Can you kind of tell us like why? I mean, the biggest reason why is, you know, if we deconstruct our week, I always tell people, I'm like, let's put our recovery days in first and where do they need to Mm be? And then we need to look at what your heaviest sparring days are on the mat. And that can, that's relative to you because jujitsu is a little bit more gray as far as, you know, intensity wise, because it can depend on you. And it also depends on your partner for, for barbell. It's more black and white. It's I'm going to do a percent of this and the bar or the implement is going to remain the same the entire time. What matters more is me. So the reason that we put our heavier lifting days with our heavier sparring days is because Imagine having, and AJ, I bet you can Im- imagine this, having, <laughs> <laughs> having five days in a row of just going at 80% or more of maximal effort, whether it's on the mats or under the bar. And then where do, you, where do you rest and where do you have time to recover so that you can have another good day on the mat? Because I look at, uh, you know, time on the mat is important. I'm not going to discredit it, but it's what you do with that time on the mat that I'm looking at more. And if you are just wiped out and you cannot give a true 80% on day three, then that means we haven't done something right on day one or day two. And that usually means you haven't recovered well. So that's why we combine heavy lifting days on heavy sparring days so that there is room in your week to have a day where like, you like maybe you're just doing a low intensity steady state cardio, aka you're going for a jog or you're going for you know a bike ride or something mixed in there, or you just rest or you know you you get a massage or you get to sleep in. You know sometimes people underestimate sleep. We spend a third of our lives in sleep, and yet we know so little about it. But we know that that's where the majority of our recovery 
comes from. So maybe just sleeping in those extra two hours, that can make a huge deal. So long story short, that's why. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's been been good. So after camp, shortly after camp, um, they announced that they were going to put on pans. So the Federation is doing it, you know, some tournaments now. Mm -hmm. And so we quit the lifting gym we were going to and decided to do one of your competition prep programs. And what I will say, like you kind of prefaced earlier that, you know, all the information's out there and, you know, you just find the right coach kind of thing. And yes and no. So, you know, like the gym we were going to is one of the most well-respected gyms probably in the state. In theory, a very good gym, good stuff happening there, but also like they knew nothing about our sport and they, they weren't doing things that were helping us do better on the mat or really paying attention to anything like those, you know, heavy training days and, or like heavy rolling days. So it's very, very different. So yes, that information's out there, but actually having somebody who is a competitor in jujitsu at a high level, as well as a, you know, lifter as well has been extremely helpful. And it, within the first week, both Rissa and I were like, man, I, I just feel so much better on this program. Like I feel, you know, (laughs) better rested. I feel like this is, you know, like the things we need to do. Although the 400 lunges were (laughs) insane. (laughs) One, it looks intimidating. And then I literally (laughs) thought it had to be a typo. (laughs) No way did she really mean 400. And, you know, for the audience, I will say, Week two, I thought Jess was a music or musician. <laughs> no, a magician. Um, because the first time we did 400 lunges, it probably took me five days to recover. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to be ready to do lunges again by Thursday. <laughs> and then the second time we did lunges, it was so much easier. And I pretty much wasn't sore. And I was like, what is happening? That's amazing. It's insane. I don't understand math or body or <laughs> makes zero sense to me. Um, but I... I, we've done it great. I think I think we have done three weeks now of the 400 lunges and it's it's a I won't say it's a breeze, okay. but like it's handleable and we're recovering well from it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But so that's just like my my quick little plug just in general of like it does matter um, to you know, like it's been so helpful to find somebody that knows the sport and knows what we actually need for our sport. Well, that makes me very, very happy to hear because like these, these programs I've made, you know, I've had a good handful of people get to try them out and it's, it's really, it's, I love seeing it like across a broad range because a couple of the people that are trying them out here, I mean, they're 21 years old and I'm not saying anything about 21 to 40, but I am because (laughs) I could be their mom. That's what we're saying. (laughs) I mean, I'm right behind you, AJ. Like there are things like I'm doing now. I'm like, no, what? She's recovering so quickly and I am jealous, but I am 35 and it's okay. I have to to tell myself all the time. Like it's, (laughs) I'm not who I was at that point. Um, no, but that's a f- funny story about when you looked at it and you thought it was a joke. One of my clients, who is now one of my strength co- coaches at the gym, he had something so similar to that. And he starts to get dressed and like put, put down his pants and is starting to cha- change his shoes. And I was just like, where are you going? And he's like, 
oh, I thought that was a joke. I was, I was heading home. And I was like, <laughs> no, oh, no. <laughs> like, he's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> no. you're, you aren't alone. There are some things I call them bur- burnouts. Um, they're basically bo- body weight type things that, you know, they're, we're just building adaptations in a different way. It's not always about putting the heaviest load on your back or trying to lift the heaviest load off the floor or anything like that. You know, there's, there's many different ways to create um, stress to the body in a safe way. So that's just one of them. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not good at rest, whether that's like an entire day of rest or um, even the in-between things. So you know, there are some of the workouts, the one I did today, for example, where you're like starting on the 30 second mark and then you take a minute in between things. And I'm like, just hanging out. Like, this is just an exercise in patience. I'm just <laughs> waiting for the clock to click down. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you aren't alone with that. Uh, when people first come to start and lift with me, they're very used to go, go, go. You know, they think mm-hmm. that, you know, I have to be sweating or panting or, you know, something, something brutal and mean has to be happening to my body for these adaptations to happen. And when I tell them like, okay, I start the stopwatch, you have a two minute break, you're going to sit. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, you're going to sit. And, (laughs) but then, but then they, they trust what's happening and they go. So I'm assuming you're talking about when we're training one of the um, explosive SSP days or the yeah, yeah. Swings, yeah. Uh, so to tell people you're only going to be doing three squat jumps and then you're going to rest an entire mi- minute, they're like, but I can do 50 in that minute. I'm like, I don't yeah. what you can do. I want to right. care how well, how far you get your hips away from the ground when you jump for those three. And I want you to recover completely so that you can repeat that process over and over again at the same intensity. Level. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I've I've really, you know, I mean, that I can't say enough good stuff about it. And we know that like when pans are over, we're going to be ready for another program too. So oh, well, then, um, I guess I just I, have to decide if I'm competing again this year and <laughs> what that looks like to lead up to that. So yeah. <laughs> also, I think several of uh, my women's team are going to get a program from you in the near future because they all hate me being so much stronger. <laughs> <laughs> They don't like it. <laughs> I've had two re- reach out to me so far that they're, you know, they're starting to plan it and uh, they might want to start in November, uh, nice. this December range, which is, which is great. And that's another thing kind of like, there's no, all right, there is a wrong time to start. If you're about to compete in a week and you want to start a new program, no, that's not the best time. But what I mean is yeah. there's no wrong time in the year to start anything. Yeah. So, Yeah. Yeah, I think a few of them. And then um, I talked to one of our guys on Tuesday and I was like, you need a program from Jess. Like she's going to help you out. So (laughs) awesome. I love it. (laughs) Very nice. How do people find you so that if they wanted to do a program with you, what does that look like? Because you like, like I'm in Indiana, you're in Wisconsin and I'm doing your program. So you will help people throughout the world, I assume. Um, How does that happen? 
I'll, I'll fully admit I've been in business for nine years and I've never had, I had, I had a sign for two years out of those nine years. So when it comes to advertising and marketing, and you know this very well about me because shameless plug, I have worked with AJ um, with marketing methods and it was such a huge, huge help uh, when I moved into a, a bigger space and all of a sudden I needed to advertise to fill that space. Um, so for people to get a hold of me, my my Facebook is my name. It's Jessica Sunier, and you'll see me in the profile picture with our women's class. I believe that picture is, and that's a good space to reach me. Instagram, uh, you can reach me there at Bossosaurus. And I <laughs> look, I was obsessed with the cartoon called Dinosaur Saucers in the late '80s. It's amazing. They got canceled after one season. I have no idea why. You actually, it's a horrible <laughs> cartoon. But Bossosaurus is my Instagram handle, and those are my per- personal ones. But I'm I keep it pu- public. Like I, it's it, it's all there for you. But as far as uh, Fit Power, so Fit Power LLC is on Facebook. And you can reach out to me there. And uh, FitPowerMKE is the Instagram handle. And right now we're currently working on revamping our website. So www.fitpowermke.com. Um, and MKE is the shortened, what's, what's the right, what's the thing for that? Abbreviation, thing? I Yeah, guess. yeah. For Milwaukee, it's usually MKE. And we're currently... Uh, revamping our virtual pl- platform. So we'll have something by 2021 kind of big for people anywhere in the world to be able to be part of our team. And nice. I have people in Georgia, Texas, Indiana, California, basically from all over the place that do the online programming. And that's because we do it through an app. So you can do it anywhere. And I can see you do it live time. So I can communicate with you as you do the workout. If you have questions, uh, AJ, you and Jen know that I ask you questions at the end of a workout. Why did you do this? How did this happen? So yeah, you you asked what's going on the other day because I I was skipping several things. I actually skipped all of yesterday's workout just from an injury that I won't talk about right now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But um, yeah, so I just, I actually went and did like recovery and stretching the whole time Risser was working out. That's good. Yeah. So at least I was still trying to do something, but, but yeah, you're, you're great about like reaching out and being like, okay, what's going on? Or even like, you know, you rated this, this super easy or super hard. Like what about it? Like just kind of following up about it. So yeah. I appreciate that. Well, thank you. That's good. I'm glad it, it helps me refine things as well. So like, I'm always trying to touch up these programs as they go because there's no one perfect program. So mm-hmm. It's more like, okay, how can I get it closer to what people need, what people want? And knowing the different type of people who use it, I can evolve it from there. So that, that's always good. I, I love the help and the, the feedback. Yeah, that's why like on the rating system, I always try to also include notes because I'm really bad on, on scales. Like if you give me a, <laughs> um, you know, on a scale of one to 10, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Right. <laughs> so I'm really bad with that. So I always try to like include notes so you understand my reasoning behind that. <laughs> Which is great. Like that's so, something I love. And I like, I, I kind of harp on my clients who get to see me one-on-one. I'm like, hey, I still need the notes because there's about 80 of you. And my right. brain only holds about 10 of you at a time. 
time and I'm getting old. So just <laughs> write it down. <laughs> I feel that, feel that. <laughs> I take a lot of notes on this. <laughs> Good. So typically we ask for an on and off the mat tip. Do you have any tips you could share with us for on the mat first? On the mat. So a little side note, I have, when COVID hit, I needed a way to practice something uh, that was jujitsu-esque without it actually being uh, jujitsu because we had nobody to train with. So I took up weaponry. And so in learning other different martial arts, I am appreciating and loving more and more the idea of play and the idea of discovering through play. So I would say my on the tip mat, my my on the mat is play. Like there's a time and a place to really ramp things up and compete. But as I'm entering, you know, I'm year eight and going onwards, I'm finding that like play is way more fun than anything else at this point. And then off the mat, my advice would be to to play, to discover and explore different things. There is more than jujitsu, and you will be you will be pleasantly surprised at how things that you apply to your art on the mat, how they can be applied, how they can be applied off the mat, and how those two things complement each other, so that you become a more well rounded athlete. That's good. That's one thing that, you know, our a benefit I really feel like I've gotten from the shutdown from from everything that this year is it really made me uh, set better boundaries and not you know, hustle so much, I guess. <laughs> um and so because of that, like I've probably had one of the best summers of my adult life. Like I, I bought two kayaks and we've been kayaking and hiking and swimming and, you know, just actually really enjoying summer instead of, you know, just constantly working. So the play has been very active in my life this year because of that. So, yeah, I will I say, AJ, that. I love, I love your work ethic. You are somebody that I admire and that I look up to when it comes to a lot of things, but seeing your Instagram this summer and seeing your face, <laughs> like with all of these things, I was like, this is awesome. Like yeah. I, I get to see more, more of you off the mats, which is something yeah. that makes you're real. I've hugged you. I've competed against you, <laughs> but it made you an even bigger entity in my life, which was cool. I appreciate that. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for talking to us. This has been great. I was really excited just, you know, that for one, just to get to catch up a little bit. <laughs> no, this was fun. I'm going to to drop a, an announcement here. Hmm? But Jess is actually doing one of our workshops for Role Model Camp 2021 as what? well. So um, her, along with Tori O'Neill um, from the Mighty Dames, are nice. going to co-do a workshop at camp next year. Oh. Um, so yeah, more to come on that. But I'm, I'm very so excited. excited already now. <laughs> So I'm very excited. So uh, I love Tori too, man. She was great. It was so great having her at camp this year and getting to meet her. And, you know, like, I mean, obviously we were like Facebook friends forever, but it was nice to like hang out with her in person and stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm super excited. 
Yeah. Like, so that, that is a voice. Tori is a voice that you want, put a megaphone in front front of it. Like what she has to say. She is amazing. Yeah, she is. So you guys are going to do great together. I'm really excited. There we go. Little first announcement about what camp 2021 looks like. Wow. And you do have the dates, right? Yes. It is June 11th through the 13th. Perfect. So, and we're, we're having it at the Marriott, which is where we had it this last time. Um, but the, we're in a different room. So hopefully the mat situation will be fi- fixed and we've rented or actually have, we have a sponsorship. So we'll have double the amount of mat space. Oh, nice. Yeah. And we have about 2000 square feet more space in that room or in the new room that we'll be in. So yeah. And we've got some big stuff planned already, of course, because I'm a crazy person. <laughs> right. <laughs> which is why we look forward to camp. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm for it. Me too. Me too. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, guys. That was great. I love Jess. That was so much fun. And I cannot wait until camp next year. I know. Also, when she was saying that, like, you're a real person, like I've hugged you, I've competed against you. I wanted to mention that she choked me unconscious, but um, we always joke that like, I can't help but mention it every time. So now I slid this in after she's off the line. So that <laughs> you're <a> sneaky. <laughs> Just have to mention it every time. That's like how we became friends. So she choked me unconscious in a tournament. <laughs> I love it. It's jujitsu. We're weird people. Exactly. It is. <laughs> Great. Where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram at Brassy Broad Jen. Great. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, everything at AJ Klingerman. And you can find the Beauty and the Gee Gang Facebook group on Facebook. Oh, great. That's a good place to find a Facebook yeah, group. Isn't it? <laughs> we're, we're really smart about that. We are. It's good. It's a good place. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah. And we will see you on the mat. This episode of Beauty and the Ghee brought to you by... <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I don't know if we're keeping that or not, but... <laughs> oh, it'll be there somewhere. <laughs> All right. This episode of Beauty and the Ghee is brought to you by thefighthub.com.